0: Good morning, Orlando. Good Tuesday morning to you. So glad you're up and at him early with us here at 6 o'clock for our very first look at Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Anti Defamation League weighs in on the synagogue shooting and anti Semitism. And Orlando has a new police chief. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: The commander in chief gives the order, and the U.S. military by the thousands headed for the border.
1: We're talking about it first on Good
0: Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning at six oh two on News Radio ninety-three point one. The weekend's deadly mass shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh is the latest incident in a growing trend of anti Semitic incidents across the country. Sherry's V, Florida Regional Director of the Anti Defamation League says the number of incidents of anti-Semitism has only become larger in the past two years.
2: In the last couple of years, a a huge spike in anti-Semitic incidents. In 2016, there was a 34 percent increase, and in 2017, a 57 percent increase over that. 2,000 cases last year were reported of anti-Semitism across the country.
1: Zvi says there were 2,000 cases of anti-Semitism reported across the country last year, with 100 of those here in Florida and those are just the reported cases. She says many cases go unreported. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. In the meantime, the first victims of Saturday's Pittsburgh synagogue massacre will be laid to rest today. Funerals will continue the rest of the week. President Trump and First Lady Melania will also be in the city today. Pittsburgh Mayor Bill Peduto has said he would rather the president held off so the community can focus on burying the dead. The shooting left 11 people dead inside the Tree of Life Synagogue. The other big story this week is the mail bomber Cesar Sayoc has made his first court appearance in a federal courtroom in Miami. He's accused of sending pipe bombs through the mail to several high-profile individuals who've been critical of President Trump. During his court appearance, Sayak was shackled and handcuffed and barely spoke during the hearing. Prosecutors say Sayoc will remain detained until future hearings scheduled for Friday. Reports also say Sayoc had a list of more than 100 targets, and law enforcement officials are now, are now alerting those individuals of Sayoc's intentions.
3: Yeah,
0: and they were pretty much all in the same mold, I guess, you know, of um, of being enemies of the president in one fashion or another. And the speculation is that he was actually making these rudimentary pipe
1: bombs right inside the van where the hit list was found. Right, Deb? Yeah, absolutely. He had a printer in there, pretty much uh, said to be his office on wheels. Mm-hmm. The uh, Florida police are also investigating a shooting that targeted a Republican headquarters over the weekend. Volusia County Republican Chairman Tony Ledbetter told Fox News that at least four shots were heard overnight on Sunday. Volunteers arrived to find a broken window as well as several walls with large holes early Monday morning. Ledbetter says he believes it was a drive-by shooting. The shooting follows news of reported political violence in other parts of the U.S. And finally, the city of Orlando has a new police chief. During a change of command ceremony yesterday morning, Orlando Rolone was sworn in as the 39th police chief during a ceremony at the Amway Center.
0: I want to say thank you, Mayor Dyer, for this honor. I don't take this responsibility lightly. Commissioners, you have always made investing in public safety your top priority. I look forward to continuing to work with you in my new role. Thank you for your support you have given me, and I look forward to working with you to keep our
3: community safe.
1: Chief Rolone succeeds John Mina, who's retiring as chief to run for Orange County Sheriff. Rolone is a 25-year veteran of the OPD who is a deputy chief and is also the first Hispanic to be over the entire department. And I have
0: to think he might be the only police chief in American history who carries the same name as the city. I know. <laughs> Has that ever happened? I mean, could that even happen?
1: I don't know. I've never heard of it anywhere. And it, it does cause confusion in the newsroom. It's like, it's, is, it, <laughs> is it about Orlando or is it, or is it about Orlando? <laughs> I know it. I know it. It, it
0: sounds like you're double talking when you say it. But congratulations, Chief, and welcome. Welcome aboard.
1: Absolutely. Uh, WFLA Newstime at 6.05. And you can read about a woman's zombie teeth getting stuck. Oh, Force, I hate it when that happens. Well, it forced her to find a <laughs> dentist to remove them.
0: Really? Oh, just like how,
1: Halloween teeth? Yeah, they zombie like
0: teeth, costume shop teeth. That's what? Oh, yeah. Geez. They just
1: showed a picture of it on Fox and Friends this morning. So, uh, if you'd like to see the frightening photo for yourself, imagine going to work with your Halloween zombie teeth stuck on your real teeth. You can't remove them. You've got to wait till you can get to a dentist. How do you go about your regular life? without scaring everyone half to death
4: (laughs) that's an excellent (laughs) point
1: no kidding so where do we go to see this well the only place you need to wflaorlando.com the first hour of good morning orlando starts now from news radio
0: 93.1 this is good morning orlando with bud henninger deborah roberts and michael yaffe and the Deb Maestro will be back with news top and bottom of the hour all three hours here. And good morning, Orlando, as always. And she'll bring us the breaking news whenever that happens. And you just never know. Um, things are coming at us fast and furious. We're trying to keep up with it here and sort it all out for you. And find the hottest topics in talk radio for your consideration. Local, national, whatever they may be. And we got a boatload of them till 9 o'clock. Starting with the president. Ordering thousands of... U.S. military troops. It's not National Guard troops. We're talking about the U.S. military in a rare move to the border to deal with um, these caravans coming out of Central America and seeming very well organized. You know, it's got the hands of left-wing political activists all over it, and they're now putting them into buses to move them more quickly in our direction. You will hear from the president on this, who is being ripped For a pre-election stunt. And that is not, in my view, what this is. But I'd like to get your take on it as I bring you the very latest here in just a moment. It's the Tuesday edition of Good Morning Orlando coming to you as always from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate. it's our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest, though first and foremost, you could win a 1000 bucks, And wouldn't that be a nice start to your Tuesday morning? I want you to listen right now for our key word of the hour. Just text that key word to 200-200. You could win a grand. Good luck to you. And that's followed immediately by an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. I'll have that in two minutes here on Good Morning Orlando. And good morning to you. The Commander-in-Chief is a man of action. He sees these caravans coming out of Mexico. He sees more than a bunch of desperately poor, impoverished people fleeing an untenable situation in their native lands, countries like Honduras and Guatemala and El Salvador in Central America. He sees among them threats to the sovereignty of this country and the safety of its people he is the commander in chief he has the right to secure the border and if we had the wall that congress won't build except in dribs and drabs how much easier would dealing with these caravans be ponder that while you listen to the commander in chief president trump last night on fox at ten o'clock with laura ingram on his plans for any and all caravans headed for the u-s from central america
5: when you look at that caravan and you look largely very you know big percentage of men young strong a lot of bad people a lot of bad people in there people that are in gangs we don't want them in this country. If they want to come into the country, you have to apply like other people. We have millions of people coming in; they're applying, they're coming in legally. We have a very strong border. I called up the military. This caravan is not—they're wasting their time. They are not coming. What's into the military the
6: going to be able to do?
2: Obama, uh, Obama to and Bush both sent the National Guard. But it had me. no effect.
5: Then I mean, this is the—I'm sending up the military. This is the military.
0: I love this guy, and yes, the orders have gone out to the United States military. Yesterday, a news conference at the Pentagon, here is General Terry O'Shaughnessy. He is the commander of the Northern Command, and here's what he says is unfolding as we speak.
7: By the end of this week, we will deploy over 5,200 soldiers to the southwest border. That is just the start of this operation. We'll continue to adjust the numbers and inform you of those, but please know that's in addition to the two thousand and ninety two that are already employed from our national guard operation guardian support that's been so effective border security is national security and the u.s military will advance cbb's capability to harden the border this operation has a name now
0: operation faithful patriot it is called and the active duty troops will include engineers who can help erect physical barriers to hold back the migrants There also will be helicopter and plane units to transport Border Patrol agents, medical support personnel, and planning teams that will help coordinate the influx of the military forces. There will be C 130 transport planes, other military planes, and 22 miles of razor wire to be used wherever they need to make sure nobody comes across. The border. This is no nonsense stuff. And he is being ripped for doing what any president should do, president should do, to protect our people and the sovereignty of our border. And he's getting ripped for it that it is nothing but a pre election campaign stunt to gin up his base and put some Trump candidates over the top in the midterm elections. That might be a nice coincidence, but this president said it and I believe it with all my heart. He's been talking about border security forever since long before he became the commander in chief and the president of the United States. This is not brand new Donald Trump, Yaffe. He's been talking about this stuff forever. And he's being ripped and Shepard Smith ripped him on Fox yesterday. We talked about The problem with Shep, when he stops being a straight news anchor reporter and goes into opinion mode, his hostility for Trump just is so blatantly obvious. He said yesterday, tomorrow's one week from the election, which is what this is all about. There is no invasion. No one is coming to get you. There is nothing at all to worry about. Shepard Smith at 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon.
4: I mean, they're trying to say that if if it was after the election right now that Trump wouldn't be doing this. I find that very difficult to believe because, like you said, this has been an issue with him from the beginning. Yeah. This is the one thing where I think he's very passionate about this.
0: And it's a winning issue, too. And if you want evidence of that, big time, the Democrats, you'd expect to hear, they're kind of silent on all of this. They want to change the subject to health care as an election right. issue. But this is a big issue and it's a winning issue but it is one this is a card this president would have played at any point in his presidency at any point in a calendar year. Um a little scary to think what it would be like if Shepard Smith and his ilk were handling border security. It's even worse as you're about to hear when you consider what a lot of our college kids would do with these caravans of people coming to our border and trying to break into our country illegally. Wait till you hear what I have for you on that score coming right up. The conservative group Campus Reform likes to do um, interviews of college students and key issues on college campuses around the nation. Um, And (laughs) here they are on the issue of these caravans, and I think it was Lock Haven College in Pennsylvania, um, asking students this, listen to these answers. Heaven help us if these kids fail to change their views on such things and at some point in time actually have their hands on the reins of power. The question, do you think we should let these migrants in in these caravans, even though they'd be crossing our border illegally, or should we stop them at our border?
2: I think we should let them in, give them a fair chance at a better life because they're clearly coming over for a reason.
7: I'm open to the idea of letting... Uh, an influx of migrants come in because I think it's diversity creates strength.
2: I mean, I feel like it's not really that big of a problem. Some people, yeah, maybe not all, but. I think it's dumb that we stole this land anyway and now we are just going to tell them that they can't come in here and I think it's dumb to point at someone and tell them they don't have the same rights even though we're all the exact same person. If we can help them out, I say we should.
7: Is there anyone we should not let across the border? But how do you know who's who, though, if they're just, if people are just kind of coming across the border, though, how do we know who's who? I don't know. we we'll just take that chance, I guess. I feel like let them in because, you know, some of them might
2: be bad, but there are, there are people that live here in the United States that are just equally as bad, and we let them live here, so.
7: Where should we draw the line on saying, you know, it, you have to, you know, follow the laws, come here legally? Where should that line be? Oh, i
2: I really don't know. I haven't really thought
7: about it. Who should we stop then?
2: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know.
7: If helping people is the barometer for letting them in or not, is there anyone we should not let in?
2: Mm. Not unless they give us a reason not to. Yeah. Like,
7: is, Why have a border then at that point?
2: Hmm?
7: Why have a border if we're going to let people cross into the, the country, though?
2: I feel like it's kind of like our country's like safety thing just to help us feel a little safer from things that aren't may not be there
3: a lot of the refugees we've had recently have been more inclined to come illegally but i mean if they want to do things legally i think we could potentially help them but maybe not to the full extent that they want
7: you should like have the opportunity to come across but like you have to like prove yourself i guess okay and how would they do that (laughs) <laughs> to not be, like, a threat to the country, I guess, and to, like, actually show motivation to, like, benefit our country. I think there's a right way to
2: come into this country, and that's the way you should abide by.
0: Oh, a little little, uh, a light at the end of the tunnel at the end there. Yaffe, these kids are too stupid to have gotten into college. And maybe, maybe though, the issue is they've been brainwashed by their left-wing professors, as we see all the time in academia.
4: Well, I mean, you had that one student who said, we stole this land, so how could we stop them or something? Yeah. I mean, that's right out of the mouth of a liberal professor. No
0: question about <laughs> it. I asked for folks to react to the president getting very tough and making a rare move to send not just National Guard, we got a couple thousand down there, but more than 5,000 U.S. military troops and equipment to the border to deal with these caravans if they hold together and try to assault and, and, and invade the United States, essentially.
4: Uh, yeah, one person says this on the text line says, I think President Trump has made the right call by sending the military down to our borders. Probably should send even more. Another person <laughs> has a pretty radical idea, says, We should send 15 or 20,000 troops to Mexico inside mexico to get them and then move them
0: wow we haven't had a war with mexico since 1848 (laughs) (laughs) okay here we go um i'm gonna make the case that we ought to move halloween to the last saturday in october every year and i'm telling you right now i think it's a great idea we'll debate it in the next half hour we're going to bring deborah roberts on to update everyone here particularly those of you just joining us in the wake of the uh of the massacre at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. The Anti-Defamation League is weighing in. And Andrew Gillum fighting back against the president. They are really locking horns. We'll get into that at the 7 o'clock hour, but Deb will set the table on that one week from the election here in just a moment. It's Tuesday on the 50,000-watt front porch, so glad you're with us at 6.30. You know, all Americans, I think, are, are still just reeling and trying to come to grips with the aftermath of uh, this unconscionable Uh, slaughter at the uh, synagogue in Pittsburgh. It's a big story. It's a Florida story, and Deb has an angle on that right now.
1: Yeah, because for a Miami-Dade County rabbi, bud, the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting is hitting uncomfortably close to home. The The father of Rabbi Jonathan Birkin is a rabbi at the same Pittsburgh synagogue where 11 people were killed this weekend. Sherry's V, Florida Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League, says they're going to work with different houses of worship to keep the faithful safe.
2: We will connect any houses of worship or communities that need to be connected with law enforcement, and then they work directly with the houses of worship to make sure that they have the protocol in place that they need because every place is
1: different. Birkin flew back to Pittsburgh after the shooting to be with his parents and he tells CBS4 news that if it wasn't for his mother being sick his dad would have been at the synagogue at the time of the shooting and could have very well been one of the 11 victims. Oh
0: my, and we've heard several of those close call stories here as we as we do after yeah, uh, stories of this nature.
1: This news brought to you by Florida's uh, by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. One of the most popular shows on late-night TV is taping in Miami this week. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah started its week-long run yesterday at the Fillmore Miami Beach. Noah wanted to do the show in Florida because he calls the state a microcosm for everything that happens in America. This week's shows feature Florida-themed guests like Andrew Gillum, who was on last night, Derek Jeter, who's tonight's guest, and Dwayne Wade, who'll be on Thursday. And speaking of Gillum, he's fighting back against a new allegation made by the president. On Twitter yesterday, President Trump called Gillum a thief, and he called Tallahassee one of the most corrupt cities in the country. Gillum responded about 30 minutes later that Trump is howling because he's weak, and he also had this to say on The Tr- Daily Show with Trevor Noah last night.
6: What DeSantis and Trump want to do is to drag me into the... The, into the, into the gutter yeah. with them, right? Uh, because they can survive getting dirty. I can't survive getting dirty um, because um, what they want to do is have me fit a stereotype.
1: Trump didn't explain why he thinks Gillum is a thief, but his spokeswoman said Gillum is under FBI investigation, which Gillum's campaign says is not true. And finally, former President Barack Obama will hit the campaign trail in South Florida ahead of next week's election. The Florida Democratic Party announced that Obama will appear at Ice Palace Films Studios in Miami on Friday. He'll be joined by U.S. Senator Bill Nelson and the Democratic nominee for Governor Andrew Gillum. Obama's appearance will come between Make America Great Again rallies by President Trump, who's going to be in Fort Myers on Wednesday and then in Pensacola on Saturday. And you can get these stories and more at WFLAOrlando.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando continues now with Gina Servetti and the Bloomberg Business Report.
0: Thank you, David. Let's bring her in live now from the Bloomberg Newsroom in New York City. And a good Tuesday morning to you, Gina. Bud, good morning. So investors are about to board the stock market roller coaster. Uh, (laughs) Should they expect they're going up or are they going down? What do you see?
8: (laughs) Well, right now we have the stock futures slightly higher, so we'll see what happens. Uh, yesterday, we had a uh, big fall on Wall Street, and it didn't look too bad as we were going into the open. So, as you point out, it can be a roller coaster ride. We had stocks tumbling yesterday with pressure on tech and a Bloomberg report that the U.S. is preparing to press its trade war with China. Then the president made some remarks about trade that are actually boosting optimism when it comes to uh, the situation this morning on Wall Street. So. We did see yesterday, though. In the end, the Dow was down 245 points, or 1%, to 24,443. It looked a lot worse earlier. The S&P fell about 17, or seven tenths percent. It closed at 2641. The Nasdaq had the uh, biggest hit. It was down 1.6%. Has a lot of tech companies in it, and the Bloomberg Orlando Index did. Not too bad compared to the rest of the market. It was lower by about three-tenths percent yesterday.
0: Yeah, you told us, Gina, yesterday on the Bloomberg Business Report is going to be a very, very busy week with lots of economic data coming down. What should investors be watching for today?
8: Well, we have a couple of reports on home prices and consumer confidence, and a lot of companies reporting their earnings. In fact, General Electric just reported looks like they missed estimates in the latest quarter, and they're cutting their quarterly dividend to one cent per share. From 12 cents, that's a pretty big cut. Wow. We also hear today from Coca-Cola, T-Mobile, eBay, and Facebook. Now, in Facebook reports this afternoon, expenses and revenues will show the impact of the scandals that we've seen over both the theft of personal data and the manipulation of public opinion.
0: hmm And it's interesting. We've had this trade war going on as the president tries to level the playing field with our allies and our adversaries, and we haven't really felt it too much at the consumer level, but. You have some uh, information this morning that suggests that may be about to change, Gina?
8: Yeah, the U.S. is said to be preparing to announce tariffs on all remaining Chinese imports by early December, and this one could be the costliest one yet for the American consumer. A report from Citigroup Economist says the impact at the checkout counter may be as much as 10 times higher than earlier rounds of levies, and that's because the new penalties, which could take effect in early February, would encompass Chinese-made consumer goods such as Apple iPhones and Nike shoes. And the executive vice president of the american apparel and footwear association says producers and retailers of apparel and footwear are already planning for those higher tariffs
0: and speaking of google um, some children's apps from google are um, are coming under scrutiny what can you tell us on that
8: that's right, a pair of consumer groups citing a study from the University of Michigan says some children's apps from Google inappropriately lure youngsters to watch ads or make purchases. The Campaign for a Commercial-Free Childhood and the Center for Digital Democracy says the Federal Trade Commission should scrutinize these Android apps marketplace for young children. Google, in response, says its app developers must adhere to restrictions on content and advertising stay tuned
0: we will Gina, and we'll look forward to having you back with us tomorrow morning for the next bloomberg business report here and good morning orlando at six thirty-five. until then from all of us have a wonderful day in new york city
8: thanks bud you have a great day as well
0: we will indeed now here's what now suddenly seems to me because i never thought of it before to be an absolute slam dunk yeah let's do it no brainer how about we move halloween every year to the last Saturday in October. What would happen if we did that? How would you and your kids feel about that? I love the idea, and I'll share you a little bit more on that story, and and there's actually a petition drive to somehow get this done. So what about it? How would you feel about Halloween, not wherever October 31st is in the course of the the calendar in the week, but if it always occurred on the last Saturday evening of October. Boy, I think that's a winner. What do you think? 407-916-5400, the text line 23680 with standard message and data rate supply. So, move Halloween, there's a move on to get it done, and I'm supporting it, and we'll talk about it together right after we update you on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. This was the biggest, duh, what an idiot I am moment that I've had in a while When I was reading the Orlando Sentinel Online Edition and columnist David Whitley, who makes an awful lot of sense, and there aren't a lot of columnists in the Sentinel that that I often um, am in concert with, but I really like David Whitley and the way he thinks and the things he writes about. And this may not be the most profoundly important story of the day, but I in my entire life had never thought what would happen if you took Halloween and moved it from the 31st to the last Saturday in October. That way the kids wouldn't be in a situation where they had to hustle home from trick-or-treating, you know, down some of the the candy, get higher than a kite, and try to settle down to get a decent night's sleep and and, and be up and at them and and do a decent job in school the next day. I mean, I never even thought about it. But I always hated the idea that I would get home and I'd have my haul and all of this, and suddenly Mom would say, you got to take the costume off, buddy. Stop eating the candy. Go brush your teeth. You need to get bed. Have you done your have you done your homework school tomorrow? You know, and I never even thought about there could be a better way. And now Halloween has become a 9 billion dollar a year industry in this country. It's incredible and bigger all the time. And adult Halloween parties, which were really unknown when I was a kid, are are all over the place here. If you're an adult into Halloween partying, wouldn't you like to have a buffer before the work week begins by partying on Saturday night instead of, in this case, on Wednesday night and having to cut it early, get home, and hopefully be in good shape to keep your job in the morning? I mean, this just, and and Whitley writes about it, and it is all pegged to a petition at change.org entitled Saturday Halloween Movement. They got 30,000 signatures on this. We're not talking about making it a national holiday where you'd have to have, you know, paid time off and all of this, but just to get the president to somehow make a national declaration that we need to do this starting next year. We're going to celebrate Halloween on, the, on, on Saturday, the last Saturday in October. It makes all the sense in the world. Of course, in this case, Gaffey, the left would oppose it simply because Trump was backing it. We do know that for sure.
4: I wonder what they would come up with. I don't know. To oppose it. I don't know. What Something. Do
0: you, doesn't this make sense? Perfect sense for kids Makes and sense for adults.
4: to me. Yeah. I mean, we do it for other holidays where it's not the same date, but it's the same day, the last, you know, Thanksgiving's the last Thursday of the month. Right. And then you said Memorial Day. Well,
0: Memorial Day used to be the 30th, you know, originally yeah. Decoration Day. Uh, and, and it got moved to the last Monday in, uh, in May.
4: Yeah. So why can't we do it for Halloween? Yeah. I'm all for it. What about it, gang? How would that be
0: for you, your kids, your grandkids? Let's make Halloween the last Saturday in October. Anybody have a problem with that? 407-916-5400. Toll free is 866-916-5400. And you can hit the text line, never busy, 23680. Standard message and data rates apply. And you can listen to us in so many ways here. Uh, AM 540, now and forever all over the peninsula, 93.1 in the Orlando metro area. Uh, HD radio, a lot of you have that in your cars, and you may have it not even know it. Check it out. 107.7 HD3 is where you will find us crystal clear all the time, anywhere. And on, of course, the amazing, absolutely free iHeartRadio app. Download it. You will be amazed at its versatility. It is unique and it is free, and we are proud to bring you the iHeartRadio app. Go get it. You're going to love it. So, Anybody want to weigh in on whether or not we ought to move Halloween to the last Saturday in October? I love the idea. I'm still amazed that I never once in my life until I read this piece in The Sentinel by David Whitley even thought about it. But it's one of these no-brainers that I think we just ought to somehow find a way to get done. Where are you on all of that? Let's talk about it, and we will, right after we update Orlando's news, whatever traffic here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Stephanie, you're not that far beyond trick-or-treating age. What about uh, moving Halloween to the last Saturday in October so everybody, you know, has uh, a buffer day? The kids don't have to go to school the next day, and the adults don't have to show up at work the next day.
4: I think that's a great idea. I think most people would be for that. I'm definitely for
8: that.
0: Yeah, it's a winner. Change.org's got a petition. You can sign it. they got 30,000 signatures.
8: Oh, yeah, I'd sign it.
4: It's a winner. Yeah. Texters, Yaffe? Uh, Yes, Bud. Uh, Some people are not happy about this. One person says this conversation reveals a profound ignorance of the Christian year, because you know it's the day after is All Saints' Day. Right, I understand that. I get it. So we'd be ruining the Christian calendar, Bud. I don't
0: know. You can still observe All Hallows' Eve without trick or treating or going to an adult party you can do that. You have freedom of religion to do that. The fact of the matter is, a very small percentage of Americans, I believe, to this day, consider there to be anything Christian about Halloween. It's become very secular. If you choose to observe it from a a, um, um, a theological perspective, by, by all means do so. Anybody else?
4: Yeah, actually, I have a bunch of texts here. But, Am I oh. getting
0: hammered again? No,
4: not not necessarily. Anytime One person... I
0: call for change, people go nuts.
4: <laughs> <laughs> One person says, uh, where I grew up, they still do this on the Saturday before Halloween if it's not on a Saturday. So they'll trick or treat the Saturday before Halloween,
0: he's saying. Really? I've never heard of that before. I wonder where that is.
4: Yeah. Anything else?
0: else? I want to go um, to the phones here. What do you got? Anything else we need to look at there?
4: Well, one person says, uh, if we move Halloween, we should also move Christmas to the third Sunday in December. Oh. Oh. So if we're going to do this for Halloween, we got to oh, do it for Christmas, man. too, because that would make sense.
0: That That's a bridge too far. The, the, Christmas is the 25th, but then again, there's no reason why it has to be, is there? Really? We don't really uh-huh. know when Jesus was born. We really right. don't know. Many believe he was born in the springtime. Yeah. You know, uh, that's interesting. Hmm. Mark, you're in. You're on the Cape, and good morning to you, Mark. How are you?
3: Good. We used to call it Beggar's Night, and changed Beggar's Night to that Saturday, but don't change the holiday. It just reminds me of when Michelle Obama said, "We have to change our history. We have to change our traditions, and move into a different place. We don't have to change anything."
0: Hey, tell me about Beggar's Night. Is that the night before Halloween when you went out and did some mischief?
3: Well, it's just the, the trick or treat night. It was beggars' night. That's, that's just when you go out and get your candy. So change it, change beggars' night to the last Saturday of the month, but oh. don't change the thirty first.
0: That's interesting. Okay, Mark, thanks. You know, we had we had a double header when I was a kid growing up in Glen Rock, New Jersey, and and you know, there, there's been devils' night or beggars' night or, or what devils. You you know sometimes in, and it gets really ugly. They've had problems years ago with fires in Detroit on the night before thanks uh, before Halloween. We had something called Goosey Night on the thirtieth. Goosey Night. We would all go out and throw water balloons at each other and chalk up windows and side soap up windows and chalk up sidewalks and just generally create minor mischief around the neighborhood.
4: You were just a troublemaker, weren't no, you? No, it was great. A rebel Goosey wow. Night
0: was awesome. <laughs> Followed by Halloween. It was like the quintessential kids doubleheader by and, the way, and i say goosey night to people around the country and they say what yeah i've never heard of it ever it's not goose me night it was goosey night for never reason, heard of it for reasons i don't understand i <laughs> never knew why it was called that but maybe some of you who grew up in northern new jersey like the bud man may remember goosey night
4: by the way uh you had said earlier the left would find a way to be against it if trump supported of it of course Uh, One person said Trump would be deemed racist against witches and goblins.
0: Hey, there you go. go. The resistance would be out in force. (laughs) Unbelievable.
4: Good
0: morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 7 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Here and now for you on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger.
1: And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning the Anti Defamation League weighs in on the synagogue shooting and anti Semitism, and Florida's candidates for governor responded to the shooting as well. We'll have the details coming up in one minute.
0: Trump versus Gillum, big time. The latest next on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning at seven oh four on News Radio ninety-three point one, the deadly mass shooting at a Pittsburgh synagogue is just the latest, and what the anti-defamation league says is a spike in anti-Semitic incidents in the US over the past two years. Sherry's V, Florida Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League, says there is something each person can do to try and stop these kinds of incidents.
2: All people from every walk of life should be shutting down hate speech the second they hear it. Whether it's anti-Semitic in nature, whatever type of bias or bigotry or hate speech they hear, they need to stop it. If it's online, if it's in person, if it's a joke, if it's a slur, it needs to stop.
1: The Anti-Defamation League says the shooting that left 11 people dead inside the Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh was the deadliest attack on the Jewish community in U.S. history. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Pharrell Williams is not happy that President Trump used his hit song, Happy, at a political rally hours after the deadly mass shooting at a Pittsburgh synagogue. Williams sent a cease and desist letter to Trump after Happy played at a campaign rally in Indiana on Saturday night. Williams' attorney said in a letter that, quote, there was nothing happy about the tragedy inflicted upon our country, end quote, and that Trump did not have permission to use it. Back in the Sunshine State at a campaign event in Miami, uh, Ron DeSantis spoke about the re- recent shooting at the Pittsburgh Synagogue.
8: You know, there's a sick
3: element out there that specifically does target Jews. And so when I'm looking at how to help security, not just with our schools, but in our communities, I think you have to take that into account and do what you can to make sure that folks in the, those communities are able to protect, to protect themselves. That's going to require cooperation with locals and with the state government.
1: The first victims of Saturday's Pittsburgh synagogue massacre will be laid to rest today. Funerals will continue the rest of the week. In the meantime, appearing last night on Comedy Central's The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, DeSantis's opponent for governor, Tallahassee Mayor Andrew Gillum, says President Trump needs to speak out about tragic events like the deadly synagogue shooting.
6: Whether the president has the skill to do it or not, um, that's what he should do. That's what we expect of presidents of the United States, to right. be able to lean into the nation's pain to speak to it, but also to give lift, you know, for the rest of us.
1: The Daily Show is taping all week again at Miami Beach, and tonight's guest will be Miami Marlins co-owner and CEO Derek Jeter.
0: One week from the election, Trump has torn into Andrew Gillum. Happened in prime time last night, I'll play it, and Gillum isn't having any of it. So we'll get into that right after the news, Deb.
1: Well, first I need to let you know that you may soon never be able to like a post on Twitter again. Twitter CEO and co-founder Jack Dorsey announced last week that the social media platform may be looking to get rid of the button as a way to improve the forum's debate. He said they want to, quote, ensure that we are all incentivizing healthy conversation, end quote. Twitter has not made a definitive decision on the feature. The social network has begun to focus on ways to counter site manipulation and Russian bot influence alongside these debate concerns.
0: That's very interesting what he's suggesting. Yeah.
1: So uh, we'll keep you posted on if the like button goes away on Twitter. Mm. The world will start to melt <laughs> who knows it's <laughs> melting down anyway yeah exactly wfla news time at 707 and read about the pentagon sending five thousand troops to the southern border you can get that story at wfla orlando.com the second hour of good morning orlando starts now
3: use your smart speaker tell google home to play news radio
0: 93.1 wfla Trump versus Gillum, they're really upping the ante, as you will hear and will discuss here in just a moment. Good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio, from your cell, pound 250, keyword real estate, alongside the Deb Meister, the Bud Man here, Yaffe, our executive producer. Stephanie, taking your phone calls. We're going to get into this um, um, back and forth here, almost a steel cage death match is evolving here one week (laughs) before the the election between uh, Trump and Gillum. And uh, we'll get your take on it along the way. First of all, we have a word from Deb, and then we have your our make your wallet great again texting contest could land you a thousand dollars cold cash. Hey, you might as well take a shot. Somebody's gotta win it. Why not you? Listen now for the keyword of the hour. Text the keyword to two hundred two hundred and we wish you good luck. After that, an update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic. Only two minutes away. Stick around if you can here on Good Morning Orlando. Trump versus Gillum, one week from the critically important race for governor here in Florida and, of course, all the other races that will be on the ballot. Um, Yesterday, Gillum said this of our president. This man has a responsibility to stand up and speak out against hatred and division. And instead, every single day, he gets on Twitter and goes to rallies and he stokes fear. His only goal is to make us afraid of each other so that we don't trust one another so that we don't respect each other's humanity any more. Last night, Laura Ingram had an exclusive interview in primetime on The Ingram Angle at 10 p.m. on Fox. I rolled on it, and I pulled a sound cut. The president going for Gillum's throat in no uncertain terms over issues we have discussed on this show. Listen
5: over the weekend you called andrew gillam you
1: referenced him being a thief
0: what did you mean by
5: that well the fbi offered him tickets at eighteen hundred dollars apiece and he took them. he took a trip with the same fbi agent i guess he was posing as a developer or something The man, Stone Cold, took this stuff. I don't even think he should be allowed to continue on with this. He responded today
7: by calling you weak. You're howling because you're weak. That's what he said in
5: a tweet. I haven't heard that one lately. That's okay. Good. That's a change of pace. Look, here's a guy that, in my opinion, is a Stone Cold Mm -hmm. thief. And his, his city, Tallahassee, is known as the most corrupt in florida and one of the most corrupt in the nation he's a disaster and how he's even close to being tied is hard to believe but florida can not have if florida has a governor like that and i know florida better than i know practically anywhere florida will become venezuela it will be a disaster and you have ron desantis who is a Harvard Yale guy? He's had a really terrific. You know, he's a very good person. He's going to be a very. He's going to be a very good to a great governor. This other guy is a stone cold. In my opinion, he's a thief. How can you have a guy like this? And you just look at his record. Also, look at the job he's done as the mayor of Tallahassee. He's a total disaster.
0: Trump in prime time on Andrew Gillum. He's got two Florida rallies here to try to get DeSantis over the finish line, and, and, and Rick Scott to defeat Bill Nelson. I can tell you in the polling right now, I gave you the CBS poll yesterday, shows the governor's race has tightened up, that it is um, Gillum over DeSantis by only one point, but there is a new New York Times poll, make of that what you will, you know where they're coming from, that has Gillum up five. Um, Gillum yesterday was in South Florida. And he was he was he was telling the audiences there, and it's all about voter turnout. I've told you that this is still very doable for Ron DeSantis, but people are going to have to show up in droves on election day to stop Andrew Gillum, and you and I need to be a part of that effort. From the other side, Gillum exhorting his followers in South Florida, saying it's time for people to not sit at home and just think about the election or share their passions on Twitter. Get off Twitter, get out and vote, get others to do the same. Um, Think about it from the other side here. Only a massive turnout can make Ron DeSantis the governor of this state and continue the policies of Rick Scott and President Trump, which have got the economy on fire and all kinds of wonderful things happening. Think what happens If you get Andrew Gillum as governor, think about it. I'm going to tell you what's at stake here and what this man stands for. And you should not stand for anything less than making sure you get yourself and everyone of voting age in your family and your circle of friends and your neighborhood to the polls to vote in general but particularly here to save Florida from a left-wing way out of the mainstream Bernie Sanders Democrat socialist name, Andrew Gillum. I'm going to remind you of what this man stands for in a moment. 407-916-5400 if you want to weigh in on what I've been saying and what you've heard of Trump ripping into Gillum and vice versa. Love to hear from you. If Andrew Gillum is not stopped and defeated next Tuesday, one week from today, this is what you get. You get a man who was relentlessly committed to the impeachment of President Donald Trump, to the abolition of ICE, as we know it, Um, to having driver's licenses available for illegal aliens in the state of Florida. That's Andrew Gillum. The big increase in Florida's corporate tax rate to fund his big government programs for education, etc. Medicare for all. An absolute bank breaker. Expansion of Medicaid to 800,000 more Floridians. Big-time gun control. If Andrew Gillum is not stopped... You get a governor of this state who is unashamedly anti-police, as we have chronicled on this show, a man who was embroiled in an ongoing corruption probe under an FBI investigation, his government in Tallahassee, and a man who clearly was caught taking perks like expensive show tickets from an FBI undercover agent and lying about that. That's what you get with Andrew Gillum. The stakes are high. You need to get you, everyone of voting age in your family, in your neighborhood, and your circle of friends, to the polls for Ron DeSantis if you want to stop this next Tuesday. We all have a role to play. Lee, you're in Orlando. You're on the phone with a Budman. Welcome to the 50,000-watt front porch, Lee. Hi, Bud. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Okay, a couple of points,
3: but I mainly called about the uh, caravan. But Andrew Gillum, you said he's for Medicare for all. Yes. Well, as governor
0: of Florida, he can't affect that. I know you know that. Of course he can't, but he plans, plans to, to, I'm Medicare. I'm telling you what he advocates.
3: Well, he uh, what he advocates, and he also advocates Medicare expansion.
0: So, what is the point is you want to make? What is which the point which, you want to make? What is the point you want to make, Lee? What that is the things you're accusing him of? You're trying to
3: make it like he has omnipotence. He can do national things. No, I'm telling you. I'm telling Florida. you
0: what he stands for. Some of okay. which he can implement, and some of which is going to be an enormous problem for the state of Florida. That's the point I'm making. What is the text line saying here? As we welcome incoming there at two three six eight zero, Mike.
4: Um. Yes. So uh, one person says this says Gillum is merely an Ob- an Obama clone. An Alinsky adherent and agitator, and just like Obama, he'll steer Florida over the cliff. Another person brings up the point again that Trump should come to Camping World Stadium with Rick Scott DeSantis, governor of Georgia, governor of Alabama, on a Saturday evening and do a huge rally here in Orlando. There's only one
0: Saturday night left, and that's this Saturday night. We know that the president um, later this week, Mike, is going to be down in the Fort Myers area with a big rally. Right. That's on Halloween. That's tomorrow night. Yeah. And then later he's going to be up in the panhandle in Pensacola. So he's got South Florida, North Florida, but there's no Central Florida rally here, And I think it's too late for there to be one. Probably. We're going to have to get out and be self-motivated on our own with races like this. um, Gillum DeSantis thing, because trust me, they got an awesome ground game. Steph, you've seen it around your neighborhood. They've been trying to sign up um, uh, folks to vote for Gillum. The signs and on the, you know, that you see everywhere seem to be much more Gillum than DeSantis. Yeah. I mean, they are out there in force.
8: Yes, unfortunately, yep, that's the case.
0: Yep, yep. So there we are. I mean, I've made the case. I've done the best I can, and we'll continue to talk about it. And, Of course, you'll have comprehensive election night coverage right here, anchored by our colleague Mark Logus and the entire WFLA team. On Tuesday night, and we'll be talking about the returns from all angles on Wednesday morning. Gosh, it's all coming up so fast, isn't it? Bottom of the hour right now, we're going to bring in Deborah Roberts. Those of you particularly just joining us will want to get up to date on all the news, and she'll take good care of you in that regard, as always, as the Anti-Defamation League weighs in in the aftermath of the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh and the Doritos Donates chips to deputies who lured a runaway pig back home with the snack. I have no idea what this is all about. That's why I'm going to be listening with you as the Debmeister checks in on the 50,000-watt front porch and we roll on here, hitting halftime on the Tuesday edition of the show. It's good morning, Orlando, from the Frontgate Realty Studio. From your cell pound to 50 keyword real estate, it's 7.30. News at the bottom of the hour. Deborah Roberts joining me right now from the newsroom. The Trumps are going to be in Pittsburgh today, um, and uh, they're going to be uh, consoling some of the survivors and, and whatever in the wake of the slaughter at the synagogue, which continues to make just the most difficult kind of news. Deb?
1: Yeah, that's because last weekend's deadly mass shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh is the latest in a growing number of anti-Semitic incidents across the country. Sherry's V, Florida Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League, says uh, says such incidents increased by 34 percent in 2016 and another 57 percent in 2017. Last year, there were 2,000 anti-Semitic cases reported across the country, including 100 here in Florida but V. says many cases go unreported. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. And if this weren't a karmic twist, Bud, it turns out Bowers, the man, the accused shooter in the synagogue attack, mm-hmm. is being treated by Jewish doctors.
0: Yes, he is. And we're going to hear from the chief phys- physician at the at that hospital. I mean, you know, it, it, maybe maybe somehow this man's life will be changed from here on out. Because it's amazing when you see and to
1: think about that.
0: No, I mean, wait till you hear from the head doctor at this hospital who personally went to see Bowers and um, and the reality of all of the Jewish physicians and nurses who are treating this man like any other patient. I'm not sure I could do it. They are living it. It's a remarkable story. We'll get into it later in the show.
1: Well, first, we're going to have a little bit of fun by talking about those Doritos Donates chips that you were talking about. Oh, man,
0: I ought to read your headlines at least once before (laughs) I actually put them on the radio. I'm looking at Doritos, and then it looks like Donates. I'm saying, okay, they got a new kind of chip. And then the rest of the sentence doesn't make any sense. Why doesn't it make any sense? Because the word isn't donates, it's donates.
1: Yes, and it's a fun
0: story, too. And Doritos donates chips. Take it from there.
1: Well, that's because a deputy from the San Bernardino County Sheriff's Office had to give up her lunchtime snack of Doritos, but in order to lure a 600-pound pig back home after it had gotten loose from its pen, Probably won't have to worry about a shortage of uh, Donate's Doritos anytime hey, hey, hey. soon. Oh, okay, I'm oh, have no good... piling on oh, now. Yeah. Deputies Ponce <laughs> and Berg were dispatched from the Highland Station after they received a call of a runaway pig, the quote, the size of a mini horse, roaming the streets. In a post to the San Bernardino Sheriff's Facebook page, officials say the two deputies went to the scene and quickly located the massive porker. Hans used the Doritos to make a trail back to the pig's home, which he happily followed. Nice. And uh, while you see the video, all while chowing down on the crunchy corn chips, Doritos took notice of the sheriff deputy's uh, sacrifice and decided to repay her. Quote, Dear San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department, (laughs) first off, what just happened? An escaped giant-sized pig on the loose lured back home with Doritos? Truly an amazing story, and we must say you handled it on the boldest, most clever way possible. For that, we salute you. We understand that you had to give up everyone's favorite lunchtime snack to lure Smalls back home. In celebration, we're going to restock your Dorito snacks for many lunches to come. They ended their post with, you protect, we'll serve. The Doritos.
0: Those irresistible Doritos tomates chips.
1: Yes,
8: exactly.
1: <laughs> what a story. Pick up a bag today. Yeah, we
0: had this show was perfect. It was going right. It was headed for the Broadcast Hall of Fame, and now... It's ruined. Might as well just sign off.
1: Not at all. Get out of here
0: 90 minutes early. The show is ruined. It was the perfect lead into the Deb segment. What do you got?
1: Uh, Starbucks has released a Halloween-themed drink for this spooky season. According to the company's website, the Witch's Brew Cream Frappuccino is described as a 16-ounce, 390-calorie iced drink topped off with imaginary bat warts and lizard scales.
0: Wow, so if you have an artery that isn't fully clogged yet, <laughs> yeah. this is where you want
1: to go. Absolutely. <laughs> now, even though the drink is colored uh, with purple and green dyes, it reportedly tastes just like an orange sickle. Mm. Well, that's not bad. That's if not bad. If I close bad. my
0: eyes, I may be okay. Exactly. Or don't take the lid off the cup. <laughs> well,
1: you, then you won't see your bat warts and lizard scales. Oh, nasty. And finally, a Long Island town is changing its name for Halloween. Huntington has agreed to add an extra A and call itself Hauntington for the holiday. Angelica Cunningham, a second grader, wrote to the town supervisor suggesting it. The town board approved the 24-hour change unanimously, saying, Hauntington is such a good idea, they'll probably use it in promotional literature and Halloween's to come, all thanks to a little second grader.
0: That's a winner. Isn't I like that. that. Cool? Sure. Absolutely. Getting national
1: coverage. Exactly. A town you never hear about. Never heard of Huntington before, <laughs> but now we know Huntington. And I'll be back with more serious news
0: at eight o'clock. All right. The Deb Meister, my co host and partner, best in the business. We have a lot of fun together. Particularly when I crash and burn on a story like Doritos Donates chips,
1: <laughs> I'm gonna go see if I can find a bag of those in the vending machine, but those might be so new. yeah, they're not there yet.
0: No, I don't think they are. I don't I'm not sure that we'll be carrying them. I'm gonna carry me right out of here the way this show is suddenly going, Hey, how would you like to win tickets to our great annual fall tradition? Good eats, entertainment, and more. It's the taste of Orlando, and you and your family are going on us. If you're our sound judgment winner, we're playing the game, and the company says you're eligible to play and win right now unless you've won in the last 30 days. If that's the case, just kind of step aside and let everybody else get in on it. This is a great prize. You're going to love this, and um, it's all on us to you. Sound judgment coming right up, 407-916-5400. How about some brand-new contestants along with the regulars who always play? 407-916-5400. Join me. Our toll-free is available to you at 866-916-5400. We'll get right to the game right after we do this. An update on Orlando's news, weather, and traffic just for you right here in two minutes on Good Morning Orlando. Ready to go with a sound judgment game right now. Contestants, stand by for the questions. Steph's going to tell us all now about the prize. Steph?
3: That's right. So today we have a pair of tickets to Taste of Orlando at Waterford Lakes on Saturday, November
4: 10th. This all-day family-friendly food festival features delectable tastes of the city with live entertainment, a kid's zone, and a man cave and much more. Tickets are on sale now. Visit WFLAOrlando.com. Keyword events for more info, and we're also throwing in a king size bag of Doritos Donate chips, bud.
0: Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Yaffe, it's not fair. The slings and arrows that I have to bear here for drop kicking that headline,
4: it's rough. Well, don't drop off. kick headlines anymore. Thank you very much,
0: <laughs> I, I always appreciate your support. Are we ready to go? If you're trying to get in right now but the lines are busy, wait for a wrong answer. We'll open up a line and you can grab it quickly at 407-916-5400. Sound judgment. Birthday wishes to the guy who created one of the most popular and memorable characters in TV sitcom history. If you ever saw Happy Days in the 70s or you catch it today in reruns, you know Fonzie, the tough guy with a big heart who always gets the best looking girl. I want you to listen to a little sound of Henry Winkler playing the Fonz, and then use your sound judgment to tell me how many candles are on Henry Winkler's cake today. Let me tell you something.
7: I make my own decisions, you understand? I've been thinking about this a long time. I've been waiting for the right time. You think I've got to hang around with a bunch of nerds, bumping people, having rumbles over, stepping on somebody, huh? You think I want to end up in a dog alley with some prompt maniac
5: sticking a knife in my ribs?
0: Henry Winkler's portrayal of the Fonz on Happy Days. It's iconic. It's Henry Winkler's birthday today. How old is he? Line one, you got the first shot.
6: Hey, bud, how are you doing today? I'm all right. Hey, how are you? 73 years old today, sir.
0: Yeah. Yes, you've won the Donate's Chips and uh, yeah. Taste of
6: Orlando. What do you think? Well, i uh, I'm telling you, but I'm waiting for the Donatis. That's the, I really am. So I have to run up and get them quick before Steph and Mike get them and eat them all up,
0: right? <laughs> I love you guys. You're just killing me, but I deserve it. What's your first name? It's Joe. Joe, congratulations. Thank you, bud. Appreciate this is a familiar voice. Do I know this, Joe?
6: I think you do, sir.
0: Yeah, how about that? And where's your hometown, <laughs> my friend? uh orlando bud i've heard of it listen you're gonna yeah, love that, you're gonna love taste a little podunk town right <laughs> hey listen joe great having you on the show congratulations on winning sound judgment thanks bud appreciate it yeah, yeah, don't go away you and steph will work things out and uh she'll mail you the chips okay <laughs> 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 don't go away my friend you're on and you're our winner He's 73 you know that's scary. Ed really scary. You know, and he played that character and he was like, you know, a little bit of a guy. He's only like five six, but the way he played it was such swagger. You never thought about that. He's a Yale graduate too.
4: Is he really? Yes. I didn't know oh, that. Oh, real smart guy. I mean he's been in a lot of movies since then. He has he, he, almost...
0: just, he just famously won his first Emmy, never having won yeah. it for Fonz. He was always a
4: finalist that never won it. He um he now he kinda plays the opposite usually, kinda plays the dorky one in a lot of movies and is stuff. Is that right? I
0: haven't seen him in a while, but i I, I tell you what, he's just a hoot. There's, uh, an, 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 oh, yeah, he's it was, great. It was great going over clips to try to put this thing together. Happy birthday, Henry Winkler, at age 73. Good morning, Orlando. 756. We're on the 50,000-watt front porch here. we got a live report on what's going on with the border. The president is um, bringing in the United States military. Thousands of troops with equipment um, to deal with these caravans coming up from Central America through Mexico, bound and determined to essentially flood the border and get into the United States illegally, so we 're going to give you the very latest on that um, also in the next uh, in the next hour, a compelling interview with a head physician at the hospital where all of the victims of the um, of the synagogue slaughter in Pittsburgh, uh, were brought and treated. Some have survived, some have not. And, um, and this is where the shooter also is recovering from his wounds. The anti-Semite who just wanted to kill Jews and kept on saying so even after he was wounded and brought to the hospital, being treated, his life being saved by Jews. It's compelling stuff, and we will get into it for you before the hour upcoming is out. Good morning, Orlando. Top of the morning to you here on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock as we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic on News Radio 93.1 WFLA FM and AM 540. I'm Bud Hedinger
1: and I'm Deborah Roberts and our top stories this morning the Anti-Defamation League weighs in on the synagogue shooting and Tallahassee faith leaders are blaming the president. We'll have the details coming up in 1 minute. And
0: the president is sending thousands of US military troops to the border with Mexico. A live update in a moment here on Good Morning Orlando.
1: And good Tuesday morning. It's 8.03 on News Radio 93.1. The Anti Defamation League says a deadly mass shooting at a synagogue in Pittsburgh over the weekend is just the latest and most violent in what is a growing trend of anti Semitic incidents in the U.S. over the past two years. Sherry's V, the Florida Regional Director of the Anti Defamation League, says ignoring hate speech when we hear it or read it can lead to violence like this.
2: Those angry, ugly words very quickly become normalized. And when that becomes normalized, actions happen. And those actions can become violent. And that's something we saw this weekend in Pittsburgh in that synagogue.
1: Zvi says there were 2,000 cases of anti-Semitism reported across the country last year. 100 of those were here in Florida, and those are just the reported cases. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Funerals begin today for people murdered at that Pittsburgh synagogue. Services are scheduled this morning for brothers David and Cecil Rosenthal and Dr. Jarrett Rabinowitz. A gunman stormed the Tree of Life synagogue Saturday morning and killed 11 worshipers in what the Anti-Defamation League calls the deadliest attack on the Jewish community in U.S. history. Meanwhile, President Trump is defending his character after being accused of inspiring the hate that fueled the shooting. In a Fox News interview last night, Trump said it's ridiculous— for the Pittsburgh synagogue shooting to be linked to him in any way because of his own Jewish ties and support. However, some faith leaders in Tallahassee are blaming Donald Trump for the synagogue shooting in Pittsburgh and the pipe bombs mailed to his opponents. The Reverend R.B. Holmes at Bethel Baptist Church says the president's rhetoric has fanned the flames of racial and religious hatred.
3: Anytime from the top you speak racist terms, then sick minds will send pipe bombs through the mail. Then those who... Hate Jews will go into a synagogue and shoot good Americans.
1: Holmes accuses the president of turning the United States into the divided states. Speaking of the president, he says he's going to sign an executive order ending birthright citizenship for babies born in the U.S. but to mothers who aren't citizens. He made the comment during an interview last night with Axios on HBO. Trump said he's talked to counsel and that he has the power to change the rules. Birthright citizenship is guaranteed by the 14th Amendment, so the constitutionality of such an order isn't clear. Axio says that full interview with the president will air on Sunday. And in the meantime, we're also going to be asking attorney Jeff Kaufman the question about birthright citizenship during tomorrow morning's uh, legal brief segment.
0: Yeah, because there's uh, a great debate as to whether he can do that short of a constitutional amendment or a uh, an act of Congress just by executive order. He believes he can and says he His counsel has said so, but there's a great division there. It'll be interesting to see what Attorney Kaufman thinks about that. We're going to debate it as well. The president uh, says this in the interview. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're the only country in the world where a person comes in, has a baby, and the baby's a citizen of the United States with all the benefits. Big controversy, and this is an explosive issue we'll get into in great detail tomorrow.
1: Yes, we're going to uh, consult our own counsel and see what our our legal counsel has to say on that.
0: That'll be tomorrow at 8.40 on the Wednesday edition of Good Morning Orlando.
1: And tomorrow will be Halloween, and just Mm -hmm. in time for All Hallows' Eve, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement is launching a new mobile app that allows users to locate registered sexual offenders FDLE Commissioner Rick Swearingen says he hopes parents will download the app before their kids go trick-or-treating tomorrow and then use it often to help keep their families safe. The app can be used to search active amber, missing child, and silver alerts, search wanted persons or stolen vehicle information, you can search unsolved cases in Florida, and you can also submit a tip about suspicious activity. The FDLE mobile app is available for download free of charge in the Google Play Store and the Apple App Store. WFLA News Time, it's 8.07. And uh, check out the photo of a woman's zombie teeth getting stuck so bad. The adhesive stuck so bad it forced her to find a dentist to remove her. They yeah. call them zombie teeth, but they look more like vampire teeth. They're uh, very frightening. She's in rough shape. She is in rough shape. She had to go to work looking like that. <laughs> so where do we get a look at that? At WFLAOrlando.com. The third hour of Good Morning Orlando starts now.
0: You're never more than 10 minutes away from the latest news, weather and traffic. News Radio 93.1 WFLA. The President and Commander in Chief has pledged repeatedly that those caravans will not get into the country crossing illegally from the Mexico US border into the United States, and he is ready to make good on that pledge. He is sending thousands of US military to the border. It's a big, evolving story that we're all over this morning. And we're going to get an update for you if you're just joining us now in a special live report right after we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic, which we will do right after. We give you the keyword in our Make Your Wallet Great Again texting contest. You could win $1,000. Take your best shot. Listen now for the key word of the hour. Just text that keyword right away to 200-200 and good luck. The update on news, weather, and traffic in two minutes as well here on Good Morning Online. We're going to get you up to date on uh, major new developments surrounding how the president is going to be dealing with those caravans that are coming out of Central America through Mexico and headed for the border with the United States. Um, last night on Fox on Laura Ingram's show, the Ingraham angle, the president was interviewed on his plans for any and all caravans. Headed for the US
5: from Central America. When you look at that caravan and you look largely, very, you know, big percentage of men, young, strong, a lot of bad people, a lot of bad people in there, people that are in gangs. We don't want them in this country. If they want to come into the country, you have to apply like other people. We have millions of people coming in. They're applying. They're coming in legally. We have a very strong border. I called up the military. This caravan is not, they're wasting their time. They are not coming in. What's into the military the going
2: to be able to do? Obama, uh, Obama do and fine. Bush both sent the National Guard but it had not me. no effect.
5: Then I mean, this is the, uh, I'm sending up the military. This is the military.
0: Indeed, it is. And let's get a handle on exactly what the president has set in motion as we bring on uh, News Radio 93.1 national correspondent Bill Zimfer. Bill, good morning, and welcome, as always, to Good Morning Orlando.
6: Hey, thank you, Bud. Good morning. Yeah, they even have a name for this one. It's called Operation Faithful Patriot. Over 5,000 troops are arriving, as we speak, at staging areas in South Texas and Arizona and in California. They will be repositioned as needed along the border area. Important, though, to point out, Bud, that these are not combat troops. It's not like we are going to be stationing uh, stationing them along the border with rifles trained at immigrants coming up. These are military police. These are pilots who will be working with helicopters and fixed wing aircraft to uh, surveil the border area and help out the border patrol engineers to help with roadways and to help fortify the border fence as well in support of the current border patrol. So they are there in a support role and by law cannot enforce any U.S. domestic laws. So they will have no direct interaction with immigrants here, but it really is a strong statement uh, uh, by the Trump administration, sending the troops to the border, and uh, the president announcing in that same interview that he would set up tent cities just inside the border where people would be held until they could go through the asylum process, which will probably be more stringent than ever. In fiscal year 2018, Bud, only 33% of people who requested asylum were granted that that is expected to go down even more and the
0: message is being sent out here from the president and from kirsten nielsen um uh, and and other members of the administration here she's of course head of homeland security to the caravan mm-hmm. turn around Go back home, and if you want to get into the United States, go through the legal process. You are not getting in here. Any indication that that is discouraging those in these caravans? There are several of them, reportedly, and more developing all the time. Are they getting the message? Do we know?
6: Well, the message is getting there from somewhere, because we know that uh, the main caravan, uh, the numbers are down. Uh, There had been estimates as high as 10,000 at one point or higher. Uh, Now they're saying it's about 3,500 people. And I think one of the things also that's helping out is Mexico continues to offer asylum to these people and employment assistance. Some of them deciding to stop in Mexico and take them up on their offer. And Mexico is also kind of tightening the rope a little bit here and uh, tightening the border. Uh, Yesterday we had a report that 600 immigrants tried to cross that uh, bridge between Guatemala and Mexico and were turned back by Mexican federal police.
0: And um, Trump's critics, and they are legion as we know, are saying this is yep. nothing but a ginned up election issue a, month, uh, a week now before the midterms. So the president says this is serious, this is something I've been talking about, securing our border forever, and I would be doing this regardless of whether we were close to an election or not.
6: Yeah, he probably would, although this may be a little bit earlier than he would have done it before. I think it is a combination of a political statement one week before the midterm election on immigration policy. Because, And the other thing is, yes, a, a sincere effort to secure our border. But uh, this main caravan is still 800 miles away from the U.S. border. They're gonna not gonna get here before uh, before the midterm elections. They probably won't get here for several more weeks. So it'll be a while before we see any interaction at the border between any of these troops and the immigrants coming in.
0: All right, major developments here, and always great getting the very latest from our good friend Bill Zimfer, News Radio 93.1 National Correspondent. Thank you so much, Bill. We really appreciate it.
6: You're welcome. Pleasure, Bud.
0: There you go. So what about it? I mean, Shepard Smith on Fox yesterday was saying what the anti-Trumpers are saying on the left, that this is nothing but a pre-election stunt. I see it as much more than this. I see what the president is doing is what any president should feel compelled to do. We just cannot have people rushing the border by the thousands trying to overwhelm our system down there that of course is, I mean, it's a porous border because we don't have the wall and essentially break into this country and get away with it as countless thousands have before. I'm backing what the president is doing. I don't think this is extremist and I frankly don't think he's doing it for political reasons. I think he would do it any time at all because that's what he has stood for for years, even before he planned to run for president. I don't see this as some kind of a political stunt. I see this as a president doing what only this president has had the guts to do, to protect our border, our safety, our sovereignty. How do you see it? 407-916-5400, 407-916-5400. You can text me at 23680. Are you with her again, the president, on this one? Trump's legion of critics say this is just electioneering politics sending 5,000-plus U.S. military troops to the border to intercept any of these caravans that make it out of Central America through Mexico to the border. The president's message, don't come, you're not getting in, and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And he's clearly doing that, Yaffe. But again, you know, anything the president does, uh, the left goes absolutely nuts.
4: Well, yeah, and they're saying it's a political stunt. It's amazing to me that what the president's doing to them is a political stunt. But the caravan itself is not a political stunt to them. No, that was an organic um, group of people that just wanted to find freedom. There's no politics involved in that at all. But what the president's doing, that's all politics.
0: Yeah, point well taken. Um, I'm going to have you check the text line incoming on all of this. Uh, right after I bring on one of our callers, Edward, you're on with a Bud Man. Good morning from Orlando. Edward, how are you? I'm real good hope you're doing
3: well. And I'll just make a couple quick comments. Yeah. Uh, number one, well, I still don't call it a caravan. But I call it a mob that's coming our way. And number two, I can never understand how people can equate these people crossing our borders illegally as not being illegal. We need to defend the border. Otherwise, if we don't have the border, you're going to see everybody from Central and South America rush in here and goodbye, United States.
0: Uh, as we've known it, no question about it. We played a, um, an interviews with um, college kids earlier in the show from Campus Reform, you know, and it was scary. I mean, you know, they're all brainwashed by their left-wing profs. I'm telling you, that's what's going on here. Either that or they're clueless idiots who should never be able to get into college anyway. And almost to a person, they were saying, we need to let them in. Sure, these people are having a hard time. We just going to let them in. Unbelievable, Yaffe. Unbelievable. What's going on in the text line there?
4: Yeah, we actually have people on both sides of this. One person thinks, actually I have two different people who think it's a complete political stunt. And one person says it's a massive waste of money. But uh, but a lot of other people love what Trump is doing and glad that finally we have a president who will do it.
0: That's what the 50,000-watt front porch is all about. All sides debating the hot issues of any given morning.
4: Yeah, I just don't buy this whole it's a political stunt argument because Trump has been on this issue from the beginning. I mean, uh,
0: Before the beginning of his presidential ambitions, he's talked about this for 30 years. And
4: this has been a big story. There's been pictures all over the news. Trump's going to want to bring attention to it. I mean, was it also a political stunt when he tried to stop the refugees from coming in or he stopped to try immigrants from coming in from the Middle East? I mean, there was no upcoming election then.
0: No, that's right. Great point. Yep. Anyway, so there we are, and we're staying on top of the story. Um, I'm not Jewish, but I've never understood anti-Semitism, obviously, on display in, in such despicable and tragic fashion with the slaughter at the synagogue in Pittsburgh. Making news this morning. Deb?
1: Yeah, because unfortunately the deadly mass shooting at that Pittsburgh synagogue is just the latest in what the Anti-Defamation League says is a spike in anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. over the past two years. Sherry's V, Florida Regional Director of the Anti-Defamation League says there's something each one of us can do to try and stop these kinds of incidents.
2: All people from every walk of life should be shutting down hate speech the second they hear it. Whether it's anti-Semitic in nature, whatever type of bias or bigotry or hate speech they hear, they need to stop it. If it's online, if it's in person, if it's a joke, if it's a slur, it needs
1: to stop. The Anti-Defamation League says the shooting that left 11 people dead inside the Tree of Life Synagogue was the deadliest attack on the Jewish community in U.S. history. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Now to switch gears and have a little bit of fun, Bud Man. Mm-hmm. You uh, read the headline. I did. Broke the news, the good news, that a giant inflatable colon that was stolen in Missouri has been recovered.
0: Well, that's good because I understand there's a national shortage of giant inflatable colons.
1: Well, in this case, it's a (laughs) 10-foot, 150-pound tubular intestine that was stolen from the bed of a pickup truck parked in a neighborhood in Kansas City earlier this month. What do they use that for at the hospital? What is that? Well, it came from the University of Kansas Cancer Center, and okay. it was supposed to be put on display at a breast cancer charity run two days after it was taken.
0: Oh, I see. I get it. Okay Now, Kansas
1: mm-hmm. City police said on Twitter that it was found in a vacant house. The colon is worth around $4,000 and is used to teach people about colon screenings and the dangers of colon cancer. Sure. Police say the investigation is ongoing, and it's their number two Priority. Oh, stop that.
0: <laughs> uh, oh, yes. Okay, the number two <laughs> priority. My favorite was oh. the emoji movie. We are My, number
1: I'm, two. I'm telling we you. We are number two. Okay. You you bring the A game every morning, <laughs> Deb Meisters. <laughs> oh, further Lord. proof of it. God bless you, bud man. <laughs> well, this is some medical history news now we're gonna talk about. Mm-hmm. A same-sex couple in Texas is making medical history after having a baby they both carried.
0: Oh, wait a minute here. Two, Fill me in.
1: Two women in Mountain Springs are both biological mothers to a five-month-old baby boy after conceiving him through a new procedure called reciprocal effortless in vitro fertilization. Okay. One of the women's eggs were placed into a medical device that was then placed inside her body and left for five days until embryos developed. The embryos were then frozen and placed in her wife's body, which helped fertilize them. She carried the, boy, uh, the baby boy for nine months, and uh, he was born in June yeah. and is believed to be the first human conceived through reciprocal effortless IVF. It's unbelievable. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it really is. That's like science fiction. It really becoming is. Becoming science fact. It just blows wow, my mind. Wow, that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, how about that? So there you have it. Maybe That's a subject it? for Dr. Kronhaus. Well I, uh, well, I don't want to run out the clock on you. No, I do have a pretty I, cool I, local story. Go ahead. A dog, um, a man kicked his dog right out of a bear's mouth. All
0: right. <laughs> Not easy to do. Not dangerous, easy to do. Dangerous venture.
1: When the Oviedo family first saw several bears on their back porch, they thought it was cute, but cute quickly turned to gruesome. With a dog named Gator... They knew the dog was fierce, but it's a yorkie Bichon mix, so it was no match for the bear and the two cubs. Uh, Gator's dad, David, saw the dog in the bear's mouth, said yeah. he was face-to-face with the bear, and just drop-kicked him. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. The dog is uh, has gone to the vets, going to be touch-and-go over the next couple of days. He did survive. The vet bill is up to $12,000, but the family says it was worth every cent to keep Gator alive. Uh, Florida Fish and Wildlife Officers came to their house. They've since cleaned up their trash, and if you'd like to help Gator get the uh, care that he needs after his dad drop-kicked a bear to get him out of the bear's mouth, (laughs) just go to the family's GoFundMe page.
0: Pretty cool stuff. Deb Meister with the bear facts here on a Tuesday morning. It's
1: my number two priority.
0: Oh, stop it. All right. In a moment, back to something serious and, uh, and something that, believe it or not, in the wake of the unspeakable tragedy the slaughter at the synagogue here, a story that will warm your heart because that Jew-hating mass killer has been treated and saved by a team of Jewish doctors. Yeah, it's unbelievable. the head man speaks in a moment. Stay with us on that. We'll get to it right after we update Orlando's news, weather and traffic again. And that's in only two minutes. And I hope you'll stay with us till the 9 o'clock hour. And if you can, we've got lots coming your way here on Good Morning Orlando. As a Christian, I know that Jesus taught us to love our enemies and to turn the other cheek. And it's really hard to do when you've been wronged, isn't it? I struggle with forgiveness when I've really been wronged or people I love have really been wronged. And my guess is, truth be told, Most of us do at one point or another in our lives. But can any of us imagine what it would take if not to forgive, to even look upon and lend assistance to somebody who has slaughtered people you genuinely love in the name of blind hatred of Jews? the anti-Semite, at the Pittsburgh Synagogue. Eleven dead, many including police injured, and they're being treated, the shooter, as well as the surviving victims, at Allegheny General Hospital, where the president of the hospital and his entire team of doctors and nurses are Jewish. I want you to listen to Dr. Jeff Cohen here. He actually went to see the shooter recovering from his own wounds when they took him down in the hospital. Remember, this guy, as they took him to the hospital with his wounds, was shouting anti-Semitic slurs and saying, all Jews must die. Let's listen to Jewish physician Jeff Cohen I just don't know if I would have it in me to have these words come from my mouth in the wake of what happened.
3: I went to see the shooter and the cops that were guarding him. Uh, You look at him, and I wanted to try and understand why did he do this? And I have no answers. I asked him, how are you feeling? And he was sort of groggy. He said, I'm feeling okay." And I introduced myself as Dr. Cohen, the president of Allegheny General, um, and I left. The FBI agent in charge looked at me. and says, "I don't know how you did that because I'm not sure I could have." He was treated by our team. Um, they took very good care of him. Uh, you know the the conflicting emotions of the people were there. We have one very simple mission at Allegheny: it's we take care of sick people. We don't ask questions who they are. We don't ask questions about their insurance status or whether they can pay to us, their patients. And it makes it very simple for mm-hmm. our staff to do the right job. So I will tell you that I'm very proud of them. Uh, they did a great job. They answered the bell. And isn't it ironic that somebody who's yelling in the ambulance and in the hospital, I want to kill all the Jews, is taken care of by a Jewish nurse, and there's a Jewish hospital president that comes in to check on them afterwards. And that's the voice you've been hearing, the president of Allegheny General
0: Hospital, Dr. Jeff Cohen. It's breathtaking, isn't it, Yaffe? I mean, I know it's in the name of professionalism and what you're called to do in the medical field, you know. But, I mean, under these circumstances, I'm just wondering if any good can come out of this carnage here that maybe um, Robert Bowers, the the anti-Semitic, I want to kill all the Jews, um gunman in that synagogue might somehow change his ways based on the reality that he is being treated in his life saved by nothing but jewish doctors and nurses
4: i mean anything is possible there's been examples of that in the past i'm sure but like most people i'm very doubtful about this one i don't think he is going to change his mind i think he's delusional i think he's crazy
0: Well, maybe God will touch him in a way he touched Saul in the Bible here, who was raging against Christians after the um, crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. He was committed to killing Christians, arresting Christians. He hated Christians. And on the road to Damascus, God struck him down blind, peeled the scales away from his eyes, and turned him in to the greatest force to advance Christianity that the world perhaps has ever known. And Saul became Paul, and his life was completely changed. That happened. This could happen, too, and we pray oh, that yeah. somehow it will.
4: Yeah, I mean, that would be a miracle. Oh, my goodness. Would it really it would. Yep.
0: On a much lighter note right now, um, if you've got a smartphone, I will bet you that you've got countless precious family memory memories that are just trapped inside that phone. Uh, we had it, too, until my wife decided okay, we're going to get those memories out there where everybody can see them. And she's involved in a really cool little project in our family right now that if you haven't done it, um, you might be interested in following what Linda's been up to. I'll tell you a little bit about it as time permits. It's amazing what a smartphone will do, and one of the great features is the incredible fidelity of the, of the cameras that are a part of smart, smartphone technology. I mean, they take magnificent pictures, you know, and I guess we've all got hundreds, maybe thousands of them on our smartphones, and and that's where you have to go to see them if you can find them, and they're permanently trapped inside your smartphone. And I always thought, well, you know, there's really no economical way to get them all out of there and print them all up, et cetera, and my wonderful wife, Linda, is proving me wrong. She's involved in this Really cool little project that you if you haven't done it, you might want to consider doing it because it really works wonderfully well, and it's easy to do and trust me, if you can afford a smartphone, you can afford to do this. She is liberating I think it's t- in total going to be more than a thousand family photographs, kids, grandkids, all combinations of extended family, taken over the last ten years, she's owned a smartphone. And and getting them in bunches of seventy-five or a hundred um printed up at the local pharmacy photo desk. And it's really cheap to do. And the prints come out four by six, nice, glossy, beautiful. The picture was good. The photo's gonna look just as good. And and, and it's amazing. I mean, yesterday I saw a shot of me dancing at my daughter's wedding. With my now 13 year old granddaughter Lily on my shoulder when she was three. I haven't seen that photo in 10 years. And it's the most wonderful thing. And then I said, Lynn, what are you going to do? Now you're going to go out and you're going to buy photo albums and we're going to, you know, we're going to have them all over the place and taking up space we don't have. She says, No, I'm not doing that. She has one big box, okay? And in there she bundles them up according to categories or whatever, certain combinations of certain people or whatever it happens to be, and um, she puts them in a Ziploc bag and, and labels what they are, what the era is, who's involved in that, and puts them in a the box. Anytime you want to take them out, you take them out, and you just you know hand them to anybody who wants to see them within the family, make reprints and do the whole thing. Yaffe, it's unbelievable, and it is so much fun. And, and we've liberated all of these photos that were trapped inside the smartphone where nobody ever saw them.
4: Yeah, that happens a lot to a lot of people. They take pictures on their phone and they just, you know, forget about them and they leave them there. That's why I always post them on Facebook or Instagram or something. But So are at least somewhere.
0: <laughs> sure, but at least somewhere. But, but here, you know, there's something about, you know, modern technology is just amazing. Smartphones are incredible. There's something about being able to hold those shiny, glossy prints in your hand and actually yeah, see agree. them again, you know. And it's just kind yeah. of a cool little project that uh, Linda's been up to here. And um, I'm amazed at how... Safe and easy and economical it is to do. Might be something you want to try to rescue your family memories trapped inside that smartphone. Thanks, honey. It's a great thing. And I can't wait to come home and see the latest batch. We'll catch you tomorrow morning from 6 to 9. From all of us and Good Morning Orlando, thank you. God bless you. And God bless America.